Oh, I lost you. No, I I'm processing. You, no, I no, I'm processing. He was like flopping, and then he there there were, no, there just there was a question I wanted to ask, and I was arguing: Do I ask it now or do I ask it in the? Oh, you podcast. you know the answer. You ask yeah. it in the podcast for God's sake. That's why I was staring don't, blindly. Don't ruin. No, sorry. I mean, I mean, you have so few ideas. You want to see I'm in a mood. You know that? No, Bob, you know, it's not. I'm, I'm in a mood. What is it? It's not the lack of ideas. It's the lack of opportunity to speak. Oh, I knew you were going to go there, but no, it's not true at all. <laughs> Can we fire this up? Oh, it's fired. Is it fired? <laughs> I'm, I'm like wired. <laughs> Welcome to the intro. I'm Josh Anderson. And I'm Bob Galen. Bob, are you aware that sometimes your intros are lackluster? I wasn't aware of that. I thought my intros were outstanding. Really? That's interesting. Perhaps we should discuss that. What? My lack of self-awareness? Yeah. I. Would you be willing to do that? No, I... I mean, I know it'll be difficult, really it difficult. It would be difficult. Well, but well, I think it would be really beneficial. But, you know, I think I'm aware of myself. You're not. <laughs> <laughs> On to the episode. <laughs> Welcome to the Metacast. I'm Josh Anderson. I'm Bob Galen. A very fired up Bob Galen. I am a little feisty. I'm always feisty. You know, we've talked about this before. I enjoy hanging out with you, so yeah. I get feisty. Yeah. But this morning, I'm feistier than normal, don't you think? Yeah. Yeah, that's a problem. I don't, yeah. I, I'm just happy to see you, Josh. You're the <laughs> You can even hear the smile. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm just Jeez. happy to see you. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so today's topic, rounding out. Hold it, Metacasters. Metacasters, I think I rolled him out of bed too early. He's a little, so I'm feisty, and he's not. <laughs> I'm just fine. Are you? Yeah. I am, Bob. You No, your eyes look like you just rolled out of bed. And nope. You, nope. You've no. been up for a little while? Yeah, Bob. All right. All right. Yeah. Let's go. What's the What's the episode? Well, don't get that business-like tone with me after all of that. What? We have a job to do. Oh, my gosh. We have work to do here, Josh. <laughs> I know we do. I've been trying to wrangle you for about 20 minutes. All right. All right. Get- so on to today's topic, Bob. Yes. Robert. Hard bits. Hard, Yes. The final, the final frontier. This is the final episode, though, right? Yeah. So, what is this? Would this be number? What number is this, Josh? I've lost count. I think it's trois. No, it's not. It is not. It is. I think it's trois. I think it's three. Nope. You sure? I'm positive. It's either three or four. Positive. If it's four, it's gotcha. It's like hairball in your throat. Gotcha. I thought we were going to start talking about the topic. All right. (laughs) All right. I just love those. You know that I love those French numbers. Your previous three minutes really aligns with today's topic. Oh, self awareness. Oh crap! I <laughs> crap. And the hard stuff about self awareness and actually being self aware and being self aware and making adjustments, understanding when you're going off the rails and and not and potentially. 
taking us off topic instead of on topic. Thank you. Causing listeners to hit the stop button or maybe the back Uh-oh. button. You know what? It, it's really, it's wonderful that you've given me this feedback, Josh. <laughs> I, I'm well aware. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for that. May I have another? Oh, yeah, I got plenty. <laughs> Don't you worry. <laughs> I know. Uh, Medicast, so self-awareness. Um, Josh and I were talking about for the, before the Medicast, and, and as I was driving down here over Hill and Dale, over the mountains, it, it dawned on me that, um, and we're in Fuquay today, so we're, we're in Joshville, uh, and I was thinking about the topic, and and I hadn't sprung it on Josh yet, so I didn't know if it was going to stick they don't always stick, mm-hmm. right? So I didn't know if it would stick or not. But I was thinking to myself, this might be ultimately the hardest bit of the hard bits. And so we've talked about firing people. We've talked about telling your boss they're wrong. So that's so relative to that, you would think that those are the hardest things. But I actually think folks really fundamentally understanding themselves mm-hmm. and and then increasing it. So it's not just self-awareness. It's it's not the act in real in time. It's what are you doing in real time to increase it? Right, right. And and I think it's a, a super hard bit for many people. I'll start this way, Josh. And I may have referenced this before. Harvard Business Review has done a, a survey, and they um, interviewed leaders and Metacasters. This is for everyone, so don't just get leadership centric on this. But they interviewed leaders and. Uh, Ninety-five percent of them said they were self-aware. Mm-hmm. So, from their point of view, from your point of view, yeah, it's like I know, I I know how people perceive me. So, so the question, what does it look like? It it looks like I don't have a gap. I know how people perceive me. I know what my strengths and weaknesses are. I I, I fundamentally understand myself incredibly well. That's why I'm so damn successful, right? There's a little bit of hubris there. When they did a 360 survey of people that reported to those people, 15% said that their leaders were self-aware. Yeah. So it's like 95 to 15. And so I, I inferred, I, I talk about this in my calc class, I call it the 80% gap. And literally, I think 80%, minimally, 80% of people don't have a clue. They have a yeah. huge gap. Uh, so out of 10 people, eight out of every 10 people, eight of them don't have a clue. So what are we doing about it? What do you think about that? You think that's high, low? Is it relevant? No, to me, I think it's accurate. And the thought process I was having was you need to assume the opposite. Assume you don't know. And if you can get comfortable operating in that manner, then your ability to become self-aware is that much greater. As soon as you think you know, you're wrong. You're lost. Right. It's just like with a product. As soon as you think you know more than the customer does, you're wrong. As soon as you think you more about as soon as you think you know more about yourself than others do, you're wrong. Yeah. And just assume that and just have that be the way your mind works. Easy to say. Hard to do. A lot of and and, and rare. It's absolutely <clears throat> what the survey I think you know, what it says to me is it's a rare thing. Yeah. Those people who are and you said something I want to amplify, curious. Mm-hmm. So I love that. Let's assume you don't know. Right. That's entry. That is, that is a mindset of entry. I think that's cool. And then be freaking curious, like be insanely curious to figure out, to become more self-aware. Like I have, I have no clue. 
but I want to listen and be curious and, and gain a clue, right? And I think if you're in a leadership position, that's likely the best way to begin collecting the feedback to understand yourself because the unfortunate reality, we did a whole episode about how hard it is to give feedback to your boss or to tell your boss they're wrong or something like that. We know that's hard. So as a leader, you know, you have to be aware that your team is may struggle having a difficult conversation with you. So you may believe you know who you are because people aren't talking to you because you haven't made it safe. Well, that that's, that's one aspect of it. That safety, right? And it's how you show up. I mean, that's that's part of the gap. Is so part of the gap is you're listening, mm-hmm. right? Like how you enter. Another part of the gap is how are you presenting to people? Like what are you a receptive? Are you receptive to feedback or are you not receptive to feedback? Yeah. Like are you putting? A, it's not even receptive. Are you putting up a deflector screen in some way, like a safety deflector screen, screen or a defensive? Mm-hmm. Like, are you getting super? I mean, if you if you get super defensive, then no one's going to give you any feedback. Right? right? They're not going to grace you with right. that feedback. How many personality tests have you taken in your career? Wow! Where like the organization said, "Hey, leaders, so we're going to do this test. We're going to do." The Myers-Briggs, or there's probably about a dozen I've taken along the path, and they're all a little bit different. But in the end, what the business is trying to do is to say, hey, leader, you really don't know yourself, so we're going to give you a tool to tell you a little bit about yourself. And then do you listen to that? Well, that's one of the – I mean, that one – that's the reason a lot of these surveys exist is most of them are not all of them. Like Myers Briggs is usually not a 360. Mm-hmm. So, so there's a genre of tool that is sort of giving you an insight like strength finders mm-hmm. is typically, it's not a group based. It's not a 360 based tool. It's, it's a personal reflection right. tool. Uh, Myers Briggs is like that. Uh, most of the personality types disc, uh, there's something called Enneagram. There's true colors. There's a bunch of personality types. Most of them are like more take it and then read the results and mm-hmm. contemplate it. Maybe someone gives you a coach to coach you for a short period of time yeah. on your gaps for there. And then there are the three sixties. Uh, Leadership Circle is one that I've I have, I actually give that and I coach. I use that in my Cal class and my leadership coaching. I like it. That's a three sixty mm-hmm. where you get boss feedback, you get peer level feedback, and you get subordinate feedback. Uh, and it's aggregate, and you also get comments, and it's a, and it's anonymous. They're usually anonymous, and uh, really insightful. The last time I did the leadership circle of myself, and uh, I know I'm a workaholic, but one of the critical pieces of feedback I got was people were worried about me. Mm-hmm. They were worried about my health. So I've had often on health issues, right? Mm-hmm. Not terrible, but often on health issues. And it came glaringly through. So from my perspective, I have health issues, but I don't change so much. Right. Right. But but when when people who care about you are killing you, like when you see, like out of 10 uh, folks that you survey, eight of them are worried that you're going to drop dead tomorrow, uh, right? Yeah. It sort of hits you between the eyes. It's like, maybe I ought to, yeah. maybe I'm not taking this seriously enough. So it's not just the tool, very often the comments mm-hmm. that you get, the anonymous comments that you get 
are incredibly helpful. But to, what I wanted to do with all of those tests and all of those things is we are so bad at it. It is so difficult that there is an industry Absolutely. built around trying to help people become self-aware. Right. And it's not a small industry, right? You rattled off five or six yep. right off the top of your head, and yep. you know there's three times, oh, no, maybe the, four times. The, the, that, no, right? there's actually self-awareness tools that are specifically, they're not instruments. They're sort of instruments together, like just data, yeah. right? Anonymous data around, like, who are you? So they're, right. they don't, they're not an instrument. They're just a data gathering sort of thing. There's like at least two or three of those out there. Uh, absolutely. Right. Okay. So number one, we have established it is hard and likely everybody is wrestling with this. So you walk into this, you say, okay, cool. I'm not as self-aware as I should be. What do I do now? I think, well, I think you hit, I'm not, it's not just the industry. I, so what are some ways to increase actually before we go there? Yeah. Bring us back there. Yeah. Johari, have you ever heard of the Johari window? You probably have. It sounds like some like science fiction. No, it thing. does sound, actually sound like yeah. a science fiction. <laughs> I entered the Johari window and I and I was never the same. Uh, it's it's a four it's a four quadrant place. Uh, let me try to get it. Uh, it's what's known to you. Uh, so what I'm aware of and what I'm not aware of, and then what's known to others. And and then not known to others. So there's a there's there's a quadrant they call it the arena, mm-hmm. which is what's known to you and known to others, mm-hmm. right? So I am self aware, and other people know it. Then there's a quadrant where others know it and you don't. So that is uh, what that's ambig- whatever title you want to put it. There's a quadrant where you know stuff, but others don't. Mm-hmm. So that's like revealing things. That's the private stuff, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then there's the unknown unknowns. There's stuff that is unaware. Of, uh, you're unaware of it, and others are unaware of it, right? Right. So, so think of those those four quadrants. And so it's a it's a useful tool to get in your mind to say. So, so let's look at each quadrant. So the arena is self evident, mm-hmm. right? And the goal should be make the arena bigger. Yeah. Right, you're not trying to you're not trying to take the other quadrants to zero, uh, like the unknown. There will always be unknown unknowns. Right, right. Uh, the fact that you, I, I want to pick on you. Oh my gosh, here we go. I, see, I, I'm, and I'm resisting it. No, I just, do it. No, fire away. No, fire away. No, 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 you can't go there. Can you imagine? Can. can you imagine can being there. a listener and being like, Bob, you were so close. I know. I know. Just do it. I know. I know. No, I can't. come on. Let's no, go. I can't. It'll hurt too, but it'll turn. No, it won't. No, you, no, no. But no, let me go. So, I, so the arena. So, I, I am going to hold on. We got to hit the pause button. What? I apologize to our listeners for Bob teeing that up and then not having the the courage, putting a giant beach ball on that golf tee. And I didn't have it. And then walking away. But I decided to walk away. Okay. All right. So let it go. All right. That's my decision. I'm trying to make sure the listeners can let it go and not hold some anger towards you. They probably do. Okay. Because it was a beach ball. Okay. I get it. (laughs) I get it. Okay, sorry. Back to the right. arena. So the arena, you're trying to make it larger. Uh, for the things that are not known to you and known to others, what are some things that we can do there? So uh, surveys help mm-hmm. with that, like what you were talking about. You with me? Mm-hmm. The, the instruments can help with that. Um, what else? 
Yeah, I mean, you think it, to me, it's it's you have to change the way you interact with your team. I would so team being receptive to their feedback. Like yeah, working your tail off to create a safe environment where they feel comfortable telling you stuff. Telling you stuff. Yep. And like I chose my words very intently. You have to work your tail off because right now that likely doesn't exist. So you have to undo months, years, decades worth of how you've interacted with people and try and do the opposite now. So you got to you well, got to work. Yeah. It's hard work. Yeah. And 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 it's intentional work. It's specific work. I would say it's not just the team though. I, I would say like it um a dude, not everyone was giving you the same level of feedback. But right. there, there were probably special people there. Mm-hmm. I remember the architect, Brent. Brent, yeah. Brent, yeah. Uh, I'm sure he, I'm just pulling him out as an example. He would give you feedback. He would give you raw feedback better than other people would. Yeah. Uh, or who was the... Uh, Richard. Richard probably would. Or the director of quality. Monica, Monica yeah. probably would. Yeah. Not all in the same way. But, what, but, but, but you're nurturing specific people. Well, and... The reason why I believe they were in a safer spot was they just spent more time with me. Right. So I was able to invest in that relationship more than I had with the rest of the organization. Now, there were individuals within the organization that would do it, and I would right. shine a spotlight on them and say, like, that we need that from everybody. Exactly. But it was getting to that comfort zone takes time, and those folks had had the opportunity Yep. <laughs> to spend more yep. time with me. Yep. And then they got to that place sooner than others had. So team, uh, special special connections, mm-hmm. uh, directionally, like some of them were more senior and seasoned. Mm-hmm. And so maybe there was comfort there that, that doesn't necessarily. Yeah. Right. Uh, spending time with your boss and mm-hmm. nurturing a relationship with your boss, if you do that or not, would be a way. So what we're talking about, Metacasters, is taking that I don't know, but others know, and we're meekly and gratefully sort of getting that data from those folks. Uh, having a coach or a mentor mm-hmm. would be another way, I think, of you, were you with me? Yeah. Of, so, so, yeah. so again, and all of these things, I mean, it's not just one. You don't, you don't want one. You want to be aggregating the voices. You want to be, that's another part of the right. hard work of yeah. this. You want to be looking at all this feedback, and you want to be then, now what you're doing is trying to bring it into the arena. If you have that Johari window, meaning... The, the arena is getting bigger mm-hmm. over time, but it's all based on that. So so those are some ideas. Now, what about, uh, let's go to the other one where, and we again, we want to make it the arena bigger, but you know and they don't know. So that's part of self-awareness, That's I think. It's part of, like you showing vulnerability. Yeah, yeah. So I'll, I'll say. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. I've. Like, I know, like, I've talked lately, I've been talking about, like, I had a very poor, poor childhood. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I worked incredibly hard. And it's, it's part of my work ethic. And, I mean, I grew up poor. I was homeless for a little while. Mm-hmm. Um, just had a tough, I'm not looking for sympathy, but there's not, I don't share that with many people. Right. Many people don't know that. Uh, two of my children is something I share lately are bipolar mm-hmm. and and you know that, and mm-hmm. I have bipolar in my family mm-hmm. and that's that's just that's been a tough thing it's not tough i'm not it's it's permeated my life it's yeah. permeated who I am, 
right? It's permeated my views to things, uh, I hope in positive ways. Uh, if I disclose that people, let's say I have folks with neurodiversity mm-hmm. challenges, mm-hmm. Uh, it could really help them to to connect the dots. So what I'm doing is I'm I'm changing the arena to and and sort of it it might in, it might induce them to give me feedback where I can yeah. uh, I I can yeah. I can do better in that area. So with that, I'm trying to describe that other one that, that that sort of I'm I'm holding on to things right. And if I disclose right. that whole notion of bring your whole self to work, yeah. if we can get better about bringing aspects of ourselves that we would hide, uh, that that changes the. So I agree with you, but in, but in the end, that is intentional vulnerability yeah. and establishing the relationship yes. that we talked about. So yes. it still serves the thing that we were talking Absol- about. Absolutely. It's another it's tool an to do that. It's another, that's what I'm yeah. trying to bring up. It's another aspect. Right. And it's not, it's a little counterintuitive or it's a little less comfortable. Oh yeah. It's definitely less comfortable. Right. Yeah. Like it's a little bit more comfortable. Oh, I talk to a coach and get, yeah. and get them to show me things about myself. This is the, this the, is, I am volunteering it in front of the world. I'm in volunteering information, yeah. to, and I'm in, and I'm disclosing things about me mm-hmm. uh, to help encourage other folks to sort of raise the bar. Yeah, not raise the bar—that's the wrong way—but to to change to to become more self-aware as right. an organization. What what could we do about the unknown unknowns? To me, it goes back to the curiosity and trying to operate from a stance that you don't know that. You don't, that's where, that's where people get to that complacency, they get comfortable and then bad things happen, right? As soon as you step into that realm and and it will happen unintentionally, you're not trying to become complacent. You're just, you're, you're distracted. The one thing that you said a couple minutes ago was that it's hard work and it's intentional work Yeah. that as soon as you stop thinking about this, then you're going to unintentionally take a couple steps back and you're then you're back, going to have to work you're harder back to the gap. Yeah. You're back to that 80%. I'm clueless. I, you know, the other thing I think, I think people, because it's self-awareness, I think there's default trap that, Oh, I know myself. Right. There's almost like way back at the beginning, there's a de facto trap. Yeah. Self-awareness. Well, of course, Bob yeah. Galen, yeah. right? Yeah. No one knows me more than me. <laughs> exactly. I am the only person that spent my exactly. entire life with there's me. The, there's, hubris right yeah. there's this like hubris is yeah you know, oh, oh it's me i know i you know i have to know me better yeah. than everyone else right and it, it, that's what it, there's a counterintuitive part to it and it's part of the difficult part I, I think that gets in the way of being like if i'm if i'm dieting i know that i have a problem yeah right but it's i think i think you have to constantly say to yourself i am not self-aware mm-hmm. right it's one of those things it's not that obvious and you have to convince yourself. That's why, like, you brought us back full circle. I think curio- that insatiable curiosity and the desire or or the acknowledgement that I don't know. And the hard part is it's comfortable pretending you know. Oh, absolutely. Because it's really, really uncomfortable accepting that you don't know and then learning these things about yourself. And doing that all day, every day. No, I mean, yes, you're doing other things. But having that mindset all day, every day, is the only way you really get there. Absolutely. Which is why this is really hard. Well, I mean, it, and I wanted to, I was just thinking about bringing, like most leaders, let's pick on leaders, for example. Mm-hmm. I've talked to most leaders, 
I've talked to you. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, I know my team. Yeah. Remember when you were doing that? We've yeah. talked, we've beat yeah. this example to death in the yeah. Metacast, right? Remember when you were like sort of in retrospectives yeah. and you were complaining, right? But, but the thing was, the hubris in you was, I know my team. Yeah. Right? I, I wish I had a dime for every time I heard, you know, and I talk to people about this. I talk to leaders about this. And like, I have an open door policy. My team loves me. <laughs> right? My team loves yeah. me. They understand me. People can bring anything to me. Right, I mean, I just hear that you, you've heard yes. that cloud of stuff, and I'm thinking to myself, you don't have a freaking clue, right? right. I, I'm not saying they hate. I, I am not saying you don't. Right, they they are the counter opposite. Yeah, but that leader doesn't have a clue. I can guarantee you, there's people in that yeah. in their organization that are not sharing that, that that there's a lack of safety. Yeah. So I so I just want to attack that open door policy real quick because that is something I've seen. Since I started working. And if you have, quote unquote, an open door policy, and people aren't walking through that open door, it means the opposite of what you think it means. It does not mean everybody's happy. It doesn't mean everything's peachy. It doesn't mean everything's rocking and rolling. It means the opposite. Absolutely. Yet, I've seen so many leaders that have said those same words that you mentioned a couple minutes ago. You know, it's an open door policy. If there was an issue, they'd come in. And that's just lazy and turning a blind eye. Absolutely. Yeah, the number of leaders that you and I have seen do that Uh, is astronomical. Or they're having one-on-ones. I have one-on-ones. Yeah. Right? It's not, of course you have one-on-ones. But are people disclosing? And I would argue, no, they're not. But they they bring things up. They're not bringing up, right? Again. Maybe maybe a minor percentage you are, mm-hmm. but assume that they're not. Assume that the one on one is for you, right? How do you turn it around to get to get them exactly. to disclose? How do you turn it? around? Just assume that it's unsafe. Mm-hmm. Assume that you're obnoxious. Assume that you talk too much, like Bob Gale does. <laughs> assume, <laughs> assume that you do, and then stop that. Yeah, right, and do something about it to switch it. The one-on-ones are another pattern, right? Right. It's it's again. I'm not the the notion of an open door policy is good, right? The notion of it, the notion yeah. of a one-on-one is good. Yeah. So every listener out there that has a one-on-one, listen, stop. So walk into your next one-on-one or set of one-on-ones. If you're a leader and you have a bunch with your team, just do your normal thing. Don't change anything. Just listen to who does the talking. If it's you as a leader, you're doing it wrong. If you are a person in a one-on-one with your boss and you spend the whole 30 minutes, hour, whatever it is, listening, that's backwards. It needs to be the other way around. Yet so often it's not. And I, I, you know, I am here recording a podcast with you about this, telling people how, how to do it. And I can, I distinctly remember a one-on-one I did on Monday where it was about 50-50, and I walked away from that one-on-one like, dang it, I just really screwed that up. There were things I wanted to talk about that were important that became about me. It didn't put them first. Right. And I failed. And that just ripped the guts out of me knowing that I screwed that up. And now I've got a longer way to go with that person I've only been working with for a couple of months now. Right. I I I did not give myself the opportunity to to continue to build the relationship because – I didn't do a good enough job of that one-on-one. So every one-on-one really matters. 
And it's a better, not that numbers matter, but I talk in, the, in my Cal class when we're doing crucial conversations, and I said the the instigator should have like 30%, probably mm-hmm. 20 to 30%. Uh, you were the instig- the initiator. Mm-hmm. And the other person, in any crucial, in a, in a one-on-one or if you're coaching conversation, and it should be like 70 80% on the other person. You should be creating space mm-hmm. for that, right? And if you're not in the beginning, again, self-awareness, you may not be creating safety. Right. So then, then there's an open-ended question. It's like, you know, you've been quiet, right? And I know there's stuff on your mind. Mm-hmm. Is it, is it, what am I doing to that, that creates a, what can I do to improve the safety? Right. What can I do to improve the candor that you can give me? And then just shut up and listen. Mm-hmm. Let the silence sort of go. And then keep, you know, be relentless about that. And it's not, it's, it's for you. It's what can I do? What can I do to grow? Welcome to our social justice minutes, plural. Cool. Because it won't be just one. It'll I do many. Can I share one quick Fire thing? away. So I just did a cow class last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I'm getting better diversity in those classes. I'm working at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm getting uh, more women and I'm getting more people of color. And so the diversity in the classes uh, is is really blessing my heart, actually. Uh, but there was one young uh, black woman who I remember I said I was doing that coaching circle. Mm-hmm. And I uh, she was in the coaching circle. And I invited her to the cow class uh, for free. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I think it's the first time I've given away a yeah. seat for free. And uh, she came. And I and I thought it would help her, like open her mind. It wasn't about Black Lives Matter or, or racial quality or anything like that. I I think she, I think she may have been struggling with, like like if you if you've been beaten down so long, you can get really negative about things, and mm-hmm. it can, and it can affect your attitude. Mm-hmm. And I wanted I wanted to talk to her. We do a lot in their conversation, like inside out, mm-hmm. not outside in. Like events are doing this. Well, how are you showing up to those events? And there's a big inside out component to the cow class. And she showed up and it was a wonderful engagement. And I, th- I think it really, I really changed. I, I think the class, not just me, but the class yeah. dynamics really changed things for her. Uh, and I was just really pleased to see how she, I don't know, blossomed in the class, mm-hmm. really engaged in the class. So that's, that's my, it's not a success. It's, just giving opportunities to people mm-hmm. and letting them shine. So I was really, pr- I was really proud of that. I was really proud of her, and I was sort of like pleased that 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 unfolded. I want to do more of that. So that's what I that's what I shared. That's related to the coaching. We had another of those coaching events, yeah, and that's continuing to evolve as well. So, cool. So that's my contribution. Good. All right. So the big thing for me right now is I'm hiring for a product manager role, and I am, as you can imagine way more in tune with the diversity or lack of diversity in the applicants that are coming through. Um, so I'm working with the HR team. To, are, you, are you in a hold to that? And really, yeah. Look? Yeah. So try trying to number one, there's like a hundred people that have applied. I'm like, okay, what's the, what's the diversity of our group? So like yeah. that, so that's question one, which I've never asked. Exactly. So are, are, are we getting the jobs in front of everybody yep. or not? I assume we're not. Now, I know because I'm very good friends with the person that runs the talent side of our house, and he and I are leading the diversity and inclusion group in our company. 
So I know it's important to him. Yep. It's important to me. But now we are looking at everything we're doing through our hiring with a new lens yeah. with which just like we talked about in this episode, or as we are talking, since this is in the middle of our episode, we accept that we're likely doing it wrong. We are self-aware that we're not doing a good enough job. Yep. So we are with a fine tooth comb, really looking at everything we're doing throughout the hiring process to ensure that we are creating opportunity in all the, the directions. I don't have any answers. I don't have any facts yet, but, but it is front of mind for both he and I, as we try to do better. So that, that's the, that's the bit I've got for this week. Very cool. Not that's much harder, the, yeah. right though. I mean, it's, as you were talking, it's, it's easy to not look there and it's much harder like if you're trying to look for uh, diversity candidates, yeah, that's a harder. It's a worthwhile job, yeah, but it's hard. It's it hard is hard work. enough to find good people. It's even harder. No excuse. Just the reality of the situation of where we're at right now. It's even harder to ensure that you're getting that in front of all the eyeballs. Exactly. Right exactly. now, we don't we don't even know the eyeballs that we're getting ourselves in front of. So now it's how do we ensure that it's everywhere? All right, Metacasters, we're trying. We're taking action, and we're holding ourselves accountable each and every uh, recording. So, and we assume you're doing the same. I hope. Assume is yes. I'm hopeful as well. I'm hoping that we're we're lighting a small fire under you. All right, back to the episode. Yep. What was I going to say? I, I was going to. We were talking about feedback. I think this complements the feedback episode quite a bit, right? Yeah, it's like listening. Yeah. Uh, oh, I know what I was going to say. I was going to talk about when you're when people are giving you feedback, and I don't know. Maybe I said this before: the two percent rule. Look for the two percent truth. Yeah, it doesn't I'm, sound familiar. I'm getting this in Orsk. Orsk. Mm-hmm. Orsk. So there's, you know, we have this notion of right wrong, mm-hmm. right? It's valid or invalid. It's binary. And one of the Orsk te- techniques talks about. I forget the quote. They have an overriding quote, like we're. We're all right, but only partially, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Meaning none of us has 100% truth about anything. Right. It, it it doesn't matter. We have no 100. There is nothing like Josh has 100% truth. You have a person. You only have a partial view. Mm-hmm. Now, what now your partial view could be correct. So they, they talk about, well, then we need to fill in the blanks. And so the harshest feedback, I can, I can tell you something. Your car is black. Right, it's the ugliest black I've ever seen. It's got bird droppings on it, and the tires are flat. And you need to replace your car. So everyone, Josh's car is white, and I couldn't see bird droppings on it anyway because it's white. Uh, and it's it's I'm looking at it through the window, so it's fine. But what is the two percent truth? In, so it was totally invalid, mm-hmm. right? But it, but if I say what's the two percent truth? Look for that. Oh, yeah. It's not clean. It, ah, the 2% truth might be the, you know, that moron Bob Galen, he was exaggerating. Right. But what yep. could be the 2% truth? Just 2%. Right. Right. 90% of what he said was, bu- was bullshit. Yeah. But, and if you can look for the 2% truth, and in fact, I would argue there's always 2% truth in everything. Mm-hmm. Everything that's said to us. So never discount anything is the point. Oh, oh, that does. No, no, that's wrong. 
No, 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 that's wrong. Yeah. Look for that 2% truth. And then take that into your self-awareness. Reactions to that? Um, so, the, so the approach that I generally take whenever there's a disagreement is there's a lack of education. There's, um, there's a piece of information that you have that I don't have. There's a piece of information that I have that you don't have. And for us to successfully get to the right answer, we have to work on educating each other. Yeah. And being willing to be educated. And find that truth. And find that truth and realize it's somewhere in the middle. Yep. Because that so often we strike a hard, firm stance of right and wrong. Yep. And so many people struggle with that, that they are unwilling to have the conversation in a healthy manner. So never walk into an argument, a debate, uh, who knows what. And have these staunch, like, I'm right and they're wrong. It's, okay, that's a smart person. I'm a smart person. We believe things are on the opposite ends of the spectrum. When I assume positive intent on both sides, then what do they see? What do they hear? What do they know? What do their experiences tell them that I'm not aware of? Exactly. And then how can I educate them? of all those same things that I have seen based on my experience or my lens, I'm looking at the world and then it's weird how easily you both go, Oh, that's the answer. And we, there's no well, you argument. Move to, you move to the middle and what yeah. Josh was saying, it was twofold. I'm really focusing it. That works. I'm focusing it on you. Right. Always from the self-awareness lens, always assume that we, no matter what, you think, oh, my God, I've been doing this for 8,000 years. I know a pyramid has a point at the top, mm -hmm. right? They're telling me something different. So that's, the, this, that's the self-awareness gap. Yes, a pyramid, but listen. Yeah. There's something so, that they're saying that is valid. Yeah, there, there's – I guarantee you, everybody listening to this right now, there's one person in their organization that they seem to always disagree with or has – a counterpoint to the way they're trying to take their organization or trying to take their department or their team or whatever it might yep. be. And there's that one person that is just that like yep. nagging, like they're like, like they're always saying something that's opposite of what you're trying to do. Exactly. Don't just dismiss it. Exactly. Right. That's the, that's the really hard part. There's something there for you. Yeah. And take it. It's a, there's a gift there for you. They may not even know they're giving you a gift. Mm -hmm. I don't care. You, you, we need to be self-awareness machines. The, your job needs to be increasing the arena. There's data out there. I, there was a guy who uh, I tried to help who was taking interviews. Uh, and he was doing interviews. He was doing interviews for Scrum Master Coaching positions. Mm -hmm. He's in Tennessee. And um, he, he was getting no. So he was failing the interviews and he was getting frustrated because he wasn't getting feedback mm -hmm. and which isn't normal, I guess nowadays right? Yeah. people, what do they call it? Ghosting or something or they, yeah, yeah there's terms it's for really it. annoying. It's really annoying. And he was, and he good guy. Mm -hmm. And he was, and, and I think, and in his case he was older. Mm -hmm. So I think there was a little bit of age discrimination yeah. going on there. Right. right. No one will say that. Mm -hmm. So I, I think it was multifaceted, but I asked him, I'm like, go back and review all of your interviews in your head. Mm -hmm. I want you to, you know, light a candle, get some, you know, I like candles, light some incense. 
<laughs> but get quiet. Yeah. Really get into a room, get quiet, and just really try to drill into. Because I said, there's. if you look at each interview, I said, I bet that you can come to some conclusions and you can get some, you mm-hmm. can, you can draw some awareness out of that. And he did that. And he, and he did. I've done it many times as well. So it's like the get quiet. The, so even, even just like events, if you look at them the right way can give you information. You went into a meeting with your team mm-hmm. and it was, and it was awesome. And everyone agreed with you. Right. And you got the outcome you want. Right. So analyze that. Mm-hmm. Right. What was missing? Tension. What was missing? Disagreement. Did you, should it have been there? You can, you can, you can post process stuff to improve your self awareness and run experiments as well. So I just wanted to, that's another tool that you can do. That's why sports teams record everything. Exactly. And watch it and review it. And watch it, it yeah. and watch it. Yeah. And look for, and it's not just look for the things that happened, look for the things that maybe should have happened and didn't. Mm-hmm. Like, like really, really review what's going on and then look for ah there's those ahas now it's much easier if someone comes up and tells you right. and gives you a gift right but there's data what i'm trying to say is folks there's self-awareness data in the universe you need to be an observer of that yeah data. so the final point that i will make is do not sit and listen to this and say I don't know because no one's telling me. Yes. Bob just told you the opposite. Everybody's telling you. Exactly. You you are you are choosing not to be aware exactly of all of that information that's there. Now you're gonna have to go work. You yep. have to put in time. Nobody's gonna gift wrap it for you. Yep. Maybe they'll gift wrap it for you at some point in time, but assume you're gonna have to work your tail off. Well, that's why this is a it. hard bit, right? Yeah. This is a freaking this that's why I'm revolving around this is a, one of the hardest bits out there. Yeah. Because it requires work, but it's worthwhile. It's one of the biggest gaps that we have. Metacasters, you wanna know like if you want to accelerate in whatever direction in your life, uh, become more self aware, mm-hmm. become more intentional. Uh, and you'll figure you'll figure out your direction. Is that a fork? Uh, yeah, it's a big one. Let's take a fork. Yeah. It. Okay. From beautiful downtown Fuquay Verena, I'm Bob Galen. And I'm Josh Anderson. Shake and bake. Take care, y'all.